Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu and your host. And today we are with Patrick Lilly. And I'm super excited about this. Uh, I've heard Patrick's name across the industry over the last year, but didn't get a chance to meet him until this week. And so, uh, Patrick, I'm thrilled about you being our first episode today. And the reason... That's frightening. (laughs) Yeah, you're actually our first episode. And and, uh, the reason I'm so excited about that, you really emulate exactly what we want to allow people to do, which is expand your real estate business. And we want to help people grow from just running a real estate business to really having wealth and passion and doing what you want in your life. And as I look what you've done, it uh, looks like you've, uh, I mean, you, you have a podcast, you have a, you have a team that's super productive, producing at a very high level. Uh, you've won all kinds of awards in the industry. Uh, life coach, uh, you have a networking mastermind group. That's a lot of stuff. So I want to get into all of that today and how you got there. But why don't we start out by talking just about how you got into real estate, when you got into real estate, and how you got started in this life path. Well, uh, it's an interesting story. I was getting my MBA at NYU, and I thought I was going to go into advertising. Um, And I did my internship with NW Air. And when I went to apply for jobs, I got two offers. One was... Uh, for 18,000. This was 1983. One was for 18,000. One was for 23,5. And I was bartending making, you know, like $75,000 in cash a year. There was no way I was going to go work for $18,000. So um, I bartended for another year and still trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I had lunch with a dear friend um, who worked in real estate. He says, why don't you sell real estate? And I turned up my nose and said, I have an MBA from NYU. And uh, he told me how much money he made. And then my nose went right back down. And <laughs> three, my three days later, I was uh, working for them. So um, I find that a lot of people that get into sales, I don't think any very, very, very few people grow up saying that, that they're aspiration for their life is to be in sales you know sometimes when their parents were that's a little different situation but for the most people most part people don't dream about that and for them sales is one of those industries that you fall into and then um if you have the skill set and the right personality then you see you succeed and it's uh it can be a very rewarding career it's interesting to me that sales is that is true of sales i find that to be true However, most of the money is made in sales for those who who really commit and execute on that. Yeah, and after seeing what I could make in advertising versus what I could make in, you know, I make more money than a lot of doctors do. So there's a part of me that thinks, all right, that's really effed up if I'm making up. I mean, I'm smart, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not learned like a doctor is. Um, 
that's a little that's a little weird that I make that I make more money than most doctors. Well, not only do you make more money, but you probably have twice the profits because you don't have the large insurance policy that they have. Yeah, it's a, that's a and that's maybe a bad example because they're in such a tough industry right now. They're yeah, in such a tough industry. But but I mean, think about it. Growing up as a child, I know in in my generation as a child, it was hey, if you want to make a lot of money, you're going to be a doctor, right? Doctor or a lawyer. Those were the two. Yeah, yeah. So okay, great. So so fast forward to today. Tell us about your just. Let's just start with your real estate business today. Tell us about what you're doing there. Well, it's interesting. You know, for years, my goal was to exceed 100 million in sales per year. And um, when I set that goal, I was doing around 25 million. So, you know, I went to a lot of conferences. I started networking with other successful agents. And each year, I was able to grow by 10, 15, 20 million. And then I sort of, I remember one year I got up to 99 million. That was just so frustrating. And then uh, and then the next couple of years, I was over a hundred million, and I was thinking, oh, so now what? Now what do I do? I'm over a hundred million. Now do I set the goal for 150 million? Do I set the goal for 200 million? When does this this madness stop? And when do I stop defining the quality of my life by a production about other what other people were doing or how other people were seeing me? I should say, and. And that just seemed like a a uh, what are those things that rodents run on? Mice run on those circle the things. Spinning wheels. Yes, it, it seemed like <laughs> that. That's what that was like. And how could I redefine what I was doing? So I still provided a good income that had real meaning to me. And we cut down the size of my team dramatically. We cut down the size of my team by. 45 to 50%. And what I look at now is I'm most concerned with profitability, net profitability, and what are the ways that that's going to happen for me? And how can I be the best version of myself and my team can be the best version of themselves as both a human being and as a real estate agent? Those are, those are the three things that interest me. Great. And, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And, and so for me, um, one of the ways to do that was to change the way my team is structured. So before I always thought, well, in order to have a really good team, I had to um, compensate them for doing, you know, whatever production there was. And I've learned that, 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 model works, but there's another model that also works that's much more profitable where you have a team where you're paying everybody on salary and that there may be some year-end bonuses. But there are a lot of people who like to have that that hard, fast income coming in, that they're not taking the risks that you're taking in order to produce, whether it's a good year or a bad year. And that they're interested in doing a good job. They're just maybe not that strong at lead generation or that sort of thing. What it enables me is to dramatically increase my profit when it when my compensation system is based on a yearly income versus a commission of proceed a commission of a per percentage of sales. Okay, so I'm thrilled that you brought this up 
because I think there are very, very few teams in the industry that actually pay salaries. And I think that is really, my take on the industry is that is the future, right? Uh, if you- I, I, I think it is too. I, I mean, if you look at the, the changes in the industry, a big part of the changes I'm seeing in the industry have to do with the compensation of a real estate agent. And some of these larger companies that have hired real estate agents, like just take a Zillow as a for instance, they are paying a salary, right? And so the compensation for the agents is changing. So how did you decide and when did you decide to, to get the nerve? Because it, it really, I mean, <laughs> it's a brave thing to make that change and say, I'm going to switch to salaries. I'm going to front the money, whether my people are successful or not, knowing that if they are, you actually have a much higher profit margin. When did you make that change and how did you decide, how did you go for that? Well, it wasn't a direct financial decision initially. It was, I had a team of really amazing real estate brokers who could all have been on their own doing really good business. And, and in order to keep that type of person happy, you have to keep on giving them more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point of, I just don't want to give them more and more and more because they're always, they're never going to be happy. Mm -hmm. As long as they're thinking, thinking percentage. Yes. They're never, ever going to be happy. Number one. And number two, managing those egos um, is time-consuming and draining at times for me personally. So one of my goals was how could I be that highest version of myself who wants to be a kind, caring, compassionate human being who works hard for his clients and looks to try to make a win-win scenario for everybody involved? How can I still do that and not have to put so much of my energy into my top producing agents? And it seemed like the best solution to that was to decrease the size of the team, to go over to a salary system that would free me up mentally to do what I do best. So the which is, which is what? What what are your talents? What do you do best? Um, unfortunately, I think I do a lot of things really well, which is part of my problem. But um, it's part of my problem for saying no. But I'm really good at connecting to people. I'm really good at um, generating leads. I'm really good at um, having people trust me. Um, even when I, I always sound confident. <laughs> I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. A really good broker sounds confident. That's just that comes second nature to me. Like I, I will do things for the first time, and I will sound extremely confident. And you know. And half the time I'm bullshitting it the, um, when I'm doing it for the first time. So, so that ability to, 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 to generate leads, to generate business, I know I can make money. Um, and I just didn't want the headache of what that was for a big team. So what has happened since then is that, um, uh, because I've taken the superstars off of my team, or we've agreed mutually, or they've gone on their own, there's a combination 
across the board. What that has enabled me to do is dramatically increase. So my profitability is up to about 65% right now. Oh, wow. Of gross income. So that's pretty high. And, you know, if you're a team with about a 35% uh, net profitability, you're you're doing pretty well. I know a lot of teams are a lot lower than 35% net profitability. So I'm up to 65, 68%. And that's because I don't have to now do, I don't have to do 120 million to make the same amount of money. All I have to do is 50, do 50 million to make the same amount of money. So frankly, I'm not working as hard as I used mm-hmm. to. But, okay, but the, the quality of my life is so much better. So that's freed you up to do what you want to do. So it seems to me that when when people get into real estate, everybody talks about the I want to make a hundred thousand dollars, right? That's that's like the first number, and in New York it may be different than that, but across the country, I mean, everybody sets their goal when they move into the business a hundred thousand dollars. And I see the same things with teams, right? Teams are. I want to get to that hundred million dollars. Right. And so once you get to that hundred million, okay, you've hit it. Now, what do you, I mean, at that point, do you say, what do I really want in life? Well, that's when I personally realized after I hit it for a couple of years, that's when I personally realized, okay, I either have to create a new goal that's higher or I have to rethink how I'm doing everything. And the fact that I wanted that I thought about creating a new goal that's higher really wasn't um, it didn't feel good at all. It it, it just felt um, it felt like I was doing it for other people's impression of me as opposed to what's in my true bestest interest. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like so many times, like that was part of my identity. Patrick's one of the top brokers in New York City. Patrick sells over 100 million in volume. You know, Patrick's the guy. Well, the fact of the matter is, is I didn't do a better job if I was the guy or if I was not the guy. What was the, and I was letting my, I was letting others' impressions of who I was stake to how I valued myself. And when I was able to to say, okay, I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm not playing that game. I'm going to look at my net profitability, which people do not see. And I'm cool with that. And I don't need I don't need their reinforcement to value who I am as if I'm a really good broker and as a really good human being. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So as I listen to you, it seems like once you hit that a couple of years, your what what's important to you changed. So I'd love to hear like what is your why today? Like, why do you do this? Why are you in this industry? And I think that gives us a segue to why are you doing other things now? For a long time, I'm guessing you were just focused in real estate. You've freed up time now. You're doing a bunch of other stuff, which I think most people that run successful teams today are trying to figure out how do I take my life, not my business, how do I take my life to that next level? And that's really what I want to talk about. How did you do that? All right. So, um, first of all, I think I really believe that doing work on yourself, your interior self, your mental self is as important as doing work on your real estate skills. I, I believe that from the bottom of my heart. And so I've been a lifelong investigator or seeker of my interior self. 
I want to share a book with, I think that's a really important book. It's called, um, uh, it's by Sean Askinosi and um, how to build a, what's it called? Uh, something like building, uh, creating a meaningful business from a soul based level. I've totally messed up uh, the title of this, but it, look up Sean Askinosi, A-S-K-I-N-O-S-I-E. He's going to kill me for uh, mis, mispronouncing it. We, we, will, we will look that up and we will get it out to the listeners. Okay. It's a really important book because what it says in the book, and I think it's a really important book. It says in the book is whatever your biggest trauma, the thing that affected you most negatively can be the thing that provides the most meaning in your life. And that if you can base your business and whatever you're doing in your life on whatever provides you with the most meaning, then that's where true success will come from in in his eyes and in my eyes. So let me give you an example. And I'm not saying this to upset people that are your listeners. I'm saying this to just to know before I say this, I've gotten to a place that I'm really good with, with the information I'm going to share. I don't want this going to shock some people. Both of my parents committed suicide 20 years apart. And you can imagine that's really difficult to deal with. And it was for me and my siblings. Um, what I got out of that was the per- what that was the biggest trauma in my life. What I've gotten out of that is what provides me with the most meaning is when I'm able to shift my perceptions and your perceptions of what's possible in terms of how you think, feel, live, be, do. So anytime that that I can do that, that has the greatest meaning to me. So for how does that go back to what we were saying? So for, you know, it goes back to, let's say my mom who, who killed herself in when I was in college, that goes back to me. If I'd only been able to, to had that opportunity to change the way that she thought about her life, the way that she was in her life. Now, the fact of the matter is, even if if I did give her that opportunity, she probably would have killed herself anyway. That's not the point. But just giving the people the option to think differently about how they are and who they are in the world and how they react to other people brings real joy and real meaning to me. So consequently, when when I was at that peak of, of in terms of outside volume that I was doing, you know, that wasn't my focus. So the focus has been for the last seven years or so is how can I, one, reach out to real estate brokers and give them other options of thinking, feeling, being, working, emoting, you name it, being spiritually connected. Those are the things that that really inspire me and make me feel good. So, so I established a, a real estate conference that I've been doing for seven years called Real Estate Success Rocks. And um, they're some of the best top brokers in the nations, but they tend to be like-minded people in that in addition to wanting to become better real estate brokers, they also want to become better human beings. And that's a per- the type of people I want to be around. And that's the type of people I want to track to. You know, I developed Rev, which is realestate.vision, which is a group of high producing brokers that we network with. And again, it's people who are willing to share, who want to become the best versions of themselves. That's how 
I feel like I'm living my goal. So when I got to that 100 million level for a couple of years, I realized, who am I doing this for? Am I I doing this for any real reason? So let's shift. Let me shift. Let me create a life where I'm able to do the other things that we're talking about right now that bring real meaning to me and hopefully bring, bring real meaning to others. And that way, let me be in the world that way and do a, 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 a profitable business that supports me while I'm doing these other activities and to bring those activities into my real estate sales. So, so like one of my greatest joys is when I feel like I have a client that's stuck how I can get them through that stuck position to think about something else. So let me give you an example. Um, I had a a client that had a property um, in lower Manhattan, a a, a lovely townhouse that she, she had convinced herself she needed to get X amount of dollars out of that. So she could move on and prepare for her children's uh, college educations. And she was, she was divorced and, and, and support herself in the future. She was stuck on a number. So part of my joy was to sit down with her, take her out of her house, not me with her in my office, but go to a coffee shop and sit down and say, listen, what's the most important thing in your life here in terms of what you want to do? And she says, well, I want to provide for my children's education and my future. Okay. I said, great. That's the most important thing. You're stuck on a specific number. How about if we shift our focus to be let's do what we need to do to provide these things and forget whatever that number is and let's try to get the best number. That was a way that I gave her a specific tool to change the way that she was thinking so that she could move forward. I could make a commission. Every, her children are happy. Everybody wins. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you've really become a public speaker. You travel, you have these groups that you just mentioned uh, which we'll let you talk a little bit more about those at the end and how we can find those. But how did you get there, right? I, I know a lot of people, one of the things I love about the real estate industry is everybody I know who's succeeding at a high level is really focused on how can I improve my life? How can I go get, you know, they're paying, they're paying for coaches, they're paying for things that are going to improve their lives. What are some things that you recommend that have made a big difference in your life to, to get you to, to make that shift that others should be doing? Well, I think coaching is one of the best things that you can do. So um, the, the coach that I worked with for about seven years was uh, Dr. Fred Gross, and he's both a life coach and a business coach. Um, okay. So how did I get a hold of him? And I think this is important. Um, I was at a, there's always, there's always moments in your life where opportunity is available. I was at a conference. It was a Cobalt Banker conference because I was part of Cobalt Banker then. And Susan File was on a top producer panel and there were three top producers. And for whatever reason, whatever she said really resonated with what, um, with who I wanted to be and who I wanted to become. And so I said, I'm going to meet her. Well, her session was over 15 minutes later. We're at a meet and greet. She's at the shrimp bar by herself. I walk up and I introduce myself. And I said, you know, I want to get to where you are. What's the most important thing that I need to do today? And she says, you need to call up Dr. Fred Gross and you need to work with him. And I did. 
And um, there's a lot of great coaches out and Fred's not for everybody, let me tell you. But for a a certain type of person who wants to work both on your inner side and your quality of life and your business, he's an excellent, excellent coach. Um, And there's a lot of other coaches who do the same things. Um, But when you have those opportunities where you see somebody like shining a little brighter than everybody else, that just means that you're responding to them. Go up to them, have a conversation to them and see what information is there for you, because that's that sign of where your next step should come, the next thing that you investigate, whether it's a book that you read or a a seminar or conference you go to, like one of the most important things that I like to hear is whenever I've gone to a new set of conferences or I've done a new set of anything, it's because somebody that I respected very much said that that's what I should do. And I feel like that's the easiest way to help you to get, because whoever you respect and you want to be more like them, talk to them and ask them, you know, what's the next step? That's such great advice. I think so many of us, I know this has happened to me a number of times where you're like, hey, I really want to talk to that person. You have that feeling you should go talk to them, right? That's your instincts telling you, go talk to them. There's right. something there for you. And how many times do we not take that opportunity? It's very similar to feeling like you, sh- you have a business opportunity and not moving forward with that. And those are, when I look at, you know, life as a 90-year-old looking back on life, those are the regrets we're going to have, right? Yeah. And, 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 and let's, you know, I love, I think being open to opportunity is, is, is several different, it is several different elements. It's one, one being receptive and listening. So you can hear when that information comes in. If you're always doing, 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 thinking, 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 this is my next step. This is my next step. You're not allowing that information to come in about where real opportunity lies. So if I'm always saying I should do this next, this next, this next, then I wouldn't have had Susan telling me, you need to go see Dr. Fred. All right. I needed to be open and not plan every step of the way and take other information as it comes to me. The other thing along that line of opportunity is our market's going to turn. It always does. You know, it, it may be turning now. It probably is. There's opportunity in down markets. There's if you just keep your eyes open and keep receptive about where there are things that you need to shift to do, you can be extremely successful in the down market. Just look for those opportunities and be open to them. Don't get all caught up in, oh, you know, sales aren't happening the way they used to. Thank you for sharing that. So the economy is is going to change, right? I mean, and will that impact your team will that impact everybody else's team probably so let's talk about some of these other pillars that that people can be doing as they're a team owner and building business how can they build their passions like you've done as well as build wealth right there there are a lot of things you can do other than just your standard real estate stuff maybe talk to us about some of those items and i think in this industry i mean an example would be I, I run into so many team leaders are now just instead of fighting the iBuyer thing, they are becoming iBuyers. Yeah, right? you, in, in, which is the way that I'm going to talk about in a way for way I'm building my wealth. 
So, and this, uh, this was not my idea. Uh, I got it from Brian Baum, uh, who's a really great broker in Hinsdale, Illinois, and a good friend of mine. Um, and what he has done for a series of years is that he will buy a house um, um, that needs renovation. And, and as real estate brokers, we know what renovations work. He'll live in it for a minimum of two years as his primary residence, and if you're and renovate it and then sell it. So if you are a single person doing that, the first two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of your capital gains you don't have to pay, and if you're a couple, then the first five hundred thousand dollars of that of that gain does not have to be paid for capital gains. So. Even as a single person like me, each time I do this, I just did it the first time, I created $250,000 of free income. Actually, the, the project that I did, I made a little bit more than that, but I only had to pay tax on the 50000 over the two fifty that I made in profit. So, so if I do this every two or three years, you can see, and I'm in a market that can take that sort of profit, you can see that in four years' time, I will have raised a million dollars. I mean, excuse me, 10 years' time, I will have raised a million dollars. So, so you have done that once. You're on yeah. your second now. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. And Brian is probably on his eighth right now, I think. Okay. Great. And, uh, and, any, oh, go ahead. No, and and – you know what? And if you're in one of the big markets, like Brian is outside Chicago, and I am, or you're on the East Coast, that's a little bit harder to do in the Midwest, where you know appreciation isn't that high, and the average sales price is two hundred fifty thousand. So you're not going to turn a two hundred fifty thousand property into a five hundred thousand dollar property. But on the coast, you can easily, quite often, turn a $750,000 property into a million dollar property with no problem. So you buy it at say uh, 550, put 200 in it, and then you, you've got a million dollar property. So that can be done if you've done smartly. Great. Okay. That's a, that's a great suggestion. I haven't heard that being done that way before. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, okay. Thank Brian on that one. <laughs> thank you, Brian. Uh, tell me, it's just listening. So when you hear that, like I heard Brian tell me that I can't tell you how many years ago and I just let it go in one ear and out the other ear. And then one day I thought, okay, maybe I shouldn't let it go out the other ear, you know, cause I had a certain concept of what a home meant to me. And then I was like, why am I tied into this concept of home? I'm a single guy who even cares. I don't have any other responsibilities. Let me have fun creating these homes and, and let's move on. Great. Tell me about your other pillars. So uh, what about things like coaching? What about things like creating these new networks? Some of the stuff like that. There are a lot of uh, team leaders, I'll call them business owners, that are looking at how can I expand uh, what I'm doing? You just talked about a way they can do that in real estate. But what about being able to leverage their skills of success to, to help others? So... I learned a long time ago, I started, when I joined Coldwell Banker back in, I think it was 96 I joined them, um, uh, I started going to their conference, and I'd never been to anything like that. And, and then as I started going to more conferences and meeting people, I started getting a lot of referral business. So initially, I wanted to get up on the stage and speak as much as possible, 
because one, that made me feel good about myself. But two, I learned that every time I spoke, I got one to two referrals and one or two referrals in New York is a lot of money. <laughs> um, and I didn't even need to be paid to speak. I just got up there. So initially it was about me feeling better about myself and also generating income. It is no longer about that anymore. It's a, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still like getting generating leads and making income. It's not about that, but I don't need to feel good about myself anymore. Um, uh, it's more about how can I share um, what I know with others so that they think, feel, emote, be, do, whatever differently, giving them other options to to thrive along the big picture that we talk about. So when I speak now, it's generally on subjects about changing the way you think and, and transforming your life if you're open to that. Um, those are the things. So like, like one of the things I'll do is I'll go into a, 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 a company, like I did this in um, with Vanguard, which is a really good company in uh, San Francisco. And I went in and I met with their eight of their top agents. And then we did a one-day mastermind. Um, and they found it, and it was again about shifting the way they think about their business. They said it was one of the best things that they'd ever done. Um, they've become an important part of my network, and they've sent me quite a few really high-end referrals, which has been lovely for me. Awesome. So, so that was a way that I can just tie everything together about how I want to share my passion, how I want to still make a good income, how I want to generate leads and how I can change other people's minds about how their, their lives can be. That is like the perfect example of that. And I didn't even charge to go to, I didn't charge to go speak to them except for, you know, my cost of airfare and, uh, putting me up. Um, uh, so it was a win-win for everybody. And, you know, you can believe that the world is abundant or you can believe the world is scarce. And we have some leaders these days that say, if I win, you have to lose. I really, I don't want to be that person. I want to be that person that says, if I win, you can win too. Mm -hmm. The world is abundant. So those are things that are important, important to me. And every decision that I make about what I do is 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 it is it going to be in my best interest is it in other people's best interest and i've added a third one that is it in the world's best interest you know and those are the three things that help me decide if i'm going to say yes to something or no to something that's great before we before we wrap up I'm just curious, what is that one nugget? I mean, you've talked about a lot of important things with changing your mindset and things like that. For those team leaders that have successful teams, they may even be at the $100 million mark. What is the one piece of advice for those teams or, and or brokerages, right, that are, that are successful, but what's the one piece of advice you can give them that might make the biggest impact on their lives today at, at that stage in their life? Um. I'm going to combine the two. So it's, I think the quality of your hires as you're growing your team is the most important thing that, that you can get and go out of your way to get the really best hires. I think that's, that's, that's elemental. And by creating the best hires, you can create a team that's going to free you up to do more of the things that you want to do in your life. So if you have a strong, effective team, 
that can run a lot of things that you delegate that frees you up. So again, it comes back to good hires. Great. Okay. I have a quick, uh, quick, just three quick questions. I just want you to give a one word answer. So your favorite book. Uh, my favorite book was the book by Sean Askinosi recently. I really can't recommend that enough to read. It was a, um, it, it's an excellent book. Okay, great. And um, what's your favorite thing to do? I play tennis and uh, I love playing tennis. Oh, you're a tennis tennis player. Yeah, and I love to travel. I travel. I've been to, I think, 78 countries so far. And I'm going to Laos in uh, uh, over Thanksgiving. So that'll be 79. So did you go to the U.S. Open last week? Um, I'm not important enough to get a good seat. So so (laughs) unless you're a corporation, you have to sit really high up and I have vertigo. So um, no, I watch it from TV and it was kind of a, that final, the men's final was exciting. And so was the women's final, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What's your favorite place? My favorite place in the world, I would have to be Bhutan. My Bhutan's my favorite country. I've been there several times and awesome. I really love it. And there's a fourth question. Uh, would I be willing for, for you to buy me a new Tesla? And the answer is yes. <laughs> well, there is a fourth question. It's really how do people get a hold of you? Um, and, and on the coaching front, it sounds like, I mean, you love to go out and travel and coach or, or speak, I should say. Tell us, tell us if you want people to get a hold of you for that, or or what what would you like to see happen there? So uh, my umbrella site is patricklilly.com, L-I-L-L-Y. You can get to all my other activities from that one site. Um, you can get to my real estate places. You can get to my coaching places and all that sort of thing. I guess the thing that I enjoy doing in terms of coaching-wise is being able to come out to different parts of the country or North America for that matter and sit down with the really top agents and work with them to, um, you know, give them some new ideas about how to grow their business. That's really, I find that very, very rewarding so that maybe it could be structured if a company brings me out that I could give a, an hour speech to the entire company and then work the rest of the day with uh, their top agents in a, in a very personalized mastermind. Um, or and any chance you can give me to speak, um, I'll usually say I'll usually say yes if I can make it happen in my schedule. Okay, everyone. So, so I think that's a it's a great opportunity for a lot of you to pick up on. A lot of you would probably think I'm not going to call Patrick, but know that he's excited for your call. Give him a call. Reach out, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's been great, and uh, th- thanks for being our first podcast. And I, I feel honored. I didn't know I was going to be the first ep- the first episode, but thank you. I appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day and look forward to staying in touch. Thanks, Brian. All right, goodbye. So there you have it. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, make sure that you use the coupon GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast on iTunes. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.